Set your spirit on fire and let Dr. Lawana Steins guide you to a life of purpose and fulfillment. To reach Dr. Lawana Steins, call 760-315-1967. That's 760-315-1967. Or visit atouchfromabove.org. And now, here's your A Touch From Above host, Dr. Lawana Steins. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I pray your day is going good. Now quit your speed now. Quit driving fast now. Come on. You know the speed limit. Obey the laws of the land. You heard me. And don't forget, hey, take that trash out. Your wife already told you three times. Get that trash taken out. Come on. Why are you? Listen to me. You don't want an argument there. Just do it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. I'm Dr. Luana, and this is A Touch From Above. Don't forget, come up to visit the Prayer Mountain for a Sunday church service. We had so much fun this last Sunday. At the last Sunday of the month, we have a potluck, so it's really nice. Get to talk to everybody and fellowship with one another. And uh, last uh, week, it was uh, American potluck. That means macaroni and cheese and that means hamburgers and hot dogs and oh my goodness and ribs and uh salad i can't even think of everything everybody made apple pie and carrot cake and oh my gosh it was so much anyway i ate way too much but oh it was so fun and it's just a great opportunity to say hello to everybody right after service we talk and fellowship and you get to meet all kinds of different people it's just wonderful hallelujah Well, I titled my message today, You Are Not Forgotten. Trust me, you're not forgotten. You know, a funny scripture in the Bible, one day I was reading the scripture out of Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. It says, and God remembered Noah. I I read that over and over again. I said, what, did God forget Noah? And God remembered Noah. You know, God didn't forget Noah. It just wasn't time for Noah to get out of the ark. And sometimes, you know, when you're going through a hard time and you're going through a struggle and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make things go right, you know what? Sometimes you think, has God forgotten me? Lord, have you forgotten me? You know, I've been in ministry for 43 years. I can't tell you how many women come up to me and go, Pastor, Dr. Luana, can you please pray for me? Where's my husband? I've been waiting for a husband. Or I have precious young gentlemen go, where's my wife? God hasn't brought me my wife. I want my wife. Can you pray for me? You know, sometimes they think that God has forgotten them. God has not forgotten you. Some people say, well, where's my blessing? Lord, where's my job? Lord, where's my healing coming? Lord, have you forgotten me? No, God has not forgotten you. I promise Jeremiah chapter 29, reading in verse 11, so powerful. 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray, go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Can I tell you, 
Jeremiah, he probably thought the same thing too. There were times in Jeremiah's life where Jeremiah was literally thrown into a cesspool because he would proclaim the word of the Lord. And I want you to know something. God heard Jeremiah. You have to understand, what is a cesspool? Well, at the prayer mount, we have five septic tanks. If you're from the city, you don't have any clue what that means. What a septic tank is, is these little tanks that are set up to your toilet. And what happens when you flush that toilet, it goes into a tank, and then they have what they call leech lines. Jeremiah didn't have leech lines. He was placed in a massive cesspool all the way up to his chest. And Jeremiah was a powerful prophet proclaiming the word of the Lord. And I can imagine as he's in that cesspool, it's stinking, almost death. And you know what? I'm sure a thought came in his mind, Lord, did you forget me? But I love this portion of Scripture in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search me for me with all of your heart. You know, in my uh, second pioneer church that I pioneered in Barrio Logan, there was a young lady that came up to me. She was just, oh my goodness. She came and she was just weeping. She says, Pastor, I don't know what to do. And I said, are you okay? I could just see the expression on her face. She goes, I don't know what to do. My husband lost his job. And I said, well, let's pray. Then I asked her, do you tithe? And she goes, yes, Pastor. I said, okay, if you tithe, and I know you're faithful, you don't have anything to worry about. She goes, but my husband lost a really good job and they laid him off and I don't make that much money. I said, you don't have to worry. You pay your tithe. You love God. You're faithful. Let's pray and let's trust God. Now you have to understand this young lady had a little part-time job. She was like a little caretaker, only a couple hours a week she would take care. So she was bringing home very little. He had a really good job and now he's laid off. So the first month, you know, he's getting up and he's going to look for a job. He's got the newspaper and he's scanning the newspaper and he's walking the streets. And I told him, I said, don't worry, God's got this. You know, he trust me. Well, month after month went by, week after week went by. And I'm telling you what, I could just see the nervousness. But boy, she was crying out. He was crying out. And we were praying. And then I had my bookkeeper. I said, do me a favor. I said, go check and make sure they pay their tithe. This way I know exactly how to pray. Now you're saying, well, why does that make a difference? I'll tell you why it makes a difference. I'm glad you asked that question. You know, the Bible says that when Cornelius gave uh, of his alms, he says it went before heaven as a memorial. We may not even understand the depth of giving, but when we give to the purpose and the kingdom of God, when you give to your church, you give your tithe, you give your offering besides, it goes like a memorial, like a sweet aroma into heaven. So Cornelius, those memorials went into heaven. So I wanted to make sure that this couple had really paid their tithe so I could remind God that, Lord, remember, remember them, Lord. Their tithe have gone up before you as a memorial, Lord. You see, I couldn't pray that if they hadn't been faithful. Why? Because the Bible says, given, it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The Bible says, cash your bread upon the waters, not many days after it shall return back to you. The Bible 
Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. He is faithful. Why? Because his arms are not short. His eyes are not dull of seeing. His ears are not deaf. You see, God is able to give all things abundantly above all that you can even begin to think or ask. So I had my uh, bookkeeper check. She said, you know what, Pastor? They're faithful. I said, okay. That's all I needed to know. So now a couple months passed, and now a couple more months passed, and she's just panicking. And then she comes to church in tears. And she brings me a letter. She goes, Pastor, read this letter. And I looked at it, and I thought, oh, dear Jesus. That letter said, we are going to start foreclosing on your house if you do not get this money in. I read it. I laid my hands on it. I looked at her, and I said, look at me. I said, do not fear. God has got this. Now, another thing that I wanted you to understand is at the same time I was pioneering church down in Barrio, I had a small thrift store. So her husband would always stop by early in the morning. He'd say, Pastor, is there anything you need? You want me to put, he was a computer whiz. Do you want me to put anything online? Do you want me to put it on eBay for you? I'm going to go check about this other job. He was so faithful every single day as looking for a job, getting up, going interviews, one after another. So when she showed me that letter, my heart kind of sank, and I looked at her, and I said, no, 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 you don't have to worry. God has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. She goes, I only have one more month, and then they're going to start foreclosure on the house. Now, I've got to remember, no job, no money, no house payments. I could see the fear in her eyes every single day, and I told her, God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. Oh, my goodness. It comes right down to like the 11th hour. It seems absolutely impossible. Don't you hate how sometimes God works at the 11th hour? Let me tell you something. He was called in for a job interview, and lo and behold, guess what happened? He ended up getting a job, not only a job, but he they put him in the position of a supervisor, and not only a supervisor, and then they put him as a higher position, and a great blessing, and a great benefit, and extra pay. You see, they sold that little condo that they were feared they were going to lose. They ended up selling it, and they ended up buying a house. Can I tell you, God, he hasn't forgotten you. God will meet you right where you're at. The Philippians chapter 4, 19 says, and my God shall to supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What is your need? You're listening to me right now. What is your need? Do you need healing? Do you need deliverance? Do you need finances? What is what is important? What do you need? Can I tell you, we have to understand what Jesus did. He went on that cross. Why? So that none of us would perish. The Bible says that Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. You have to understand when you're going through hardest when you're going through a hard hard time when your hardest hit is when you mustn't quit. God'll meet you right where you're at. What about the woman at the well? He met her right where she was at. The woman who had five husbands and the one she was with wasn't her husband. What about Legion? Do you realize that Jesus went all the way to the Gadarenes? He literally took a boat, went to the Gadarenes. Why? To meet Legion. Who's Legion? Who had 3,000 demons. And then if you read it on, Jesus got back in the boat and left. He went to meet him right where he was. What about Mary Magdalene? The Bible says Mary Magdalene had what? 
seven demons tormented her. I mean, we're talking tormenting, speaking to her voices. She was probably homeless. She was probably filthy. She was probably dirty. She probably hadn't taken a bath. She'd probably been abused. And she had these demons speaking to her over and over and over again. Jesus meets her right where she's at and delivers her. What about the widow at Zarephath? Oh, my goodness. What about the blind Bartimaeus? What about the man at the pool of Bethesda? 38 years he'd laid out there by the pool of Bethesda, paralyzed, couldn't move. And you know what? All surrounded that little pool. When the water would get, when the water moved, the angel of the Lord would move the water. The first one in the water would get healed. But here is this man at the pool of Bethesda. He can't walk. He can't get up. He can't. He doesn't have anyone to help him. They just laid him there and he can't get to the pool. Can I tell you what the Bible says? That Jesus met him at the pool. And Jesus said, what do you want? He said, oh, every time the water moves, I can't get in it. Somebody beats me to it. And Jesus told him, get up and walk. Be healed. Can I tell you, Jesus will meet you right where you're at. What about to the little children? Suffer the little children to come unto me. What about the ten leopards? What about the woman that was 18 years with the spirit of infirmity? What about the prodigal son? The prodigal son is in the father's house. I'm talking to you right now, prodigal son. You used to go to church. You loved God. You were on fire for Jesus at one time. But you know what? You got an inheritance. You got a good job. You decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'll do it my way. And you decided you're going to take that money, that extra money that you cried out and you prayed for and God gave it to you. But you forgot where the blessing came. And you're like the prodigal son. The prodigal son told his father, give me my inheritance. Now, he had no value after a while for the kingdom of God. He was in the father's house. He was in the house of the Lord. Everything that he needed was provided for him. But you know what? His eyes were bigger on the world than anything else. And the prodigal son takes his inheritance. Ah, and he goes out to the bar, drinks for everybody. All the loosey-gooseys out there thought, oh my goodness, the man's rich. All the harlots, all the loosey-gooseys, oh, they're all clinging to him. He's buying drinks. He's making dinner. He's dressed in fine clothes. He looks like he's so slick and so cool until one day he reaches into his little pocketbook and he realizes, uh, 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 well, uh, wait, I, I know, I know, I got some money here somewhere. And the bartender's going, "Excuse me, this is your tab. When are you going to pay up?" Suddenly, the place that he's staying is going, excuse me, your rent's due. Uh, 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 well, uh, wait a minute. And the prodigal son suddenly doesn't have any money. Suddenly, he doesn't have any friends. Suddenly, those loosey gooses that were clinging around him are now clinging around somebody else they think has money. And now he's isolated. And now he's homeless. Now he's in the streets. Not only is he in the streets, but now he's saying, I'll do anything. Here he is now feeding the pigs. And then he's not only feeding the pigs, and now he's eating the pigs' food because he's hungry. And he's laying in that pig pen. I don't know about you. My grandfather was a farmer. And if you've ever been around pigs, they stink. So that young man, the prodigal son, is sitting in that, that little pig pen, those little piggies oinking all around him. And there he is filled with filth and dirt and urine and pig poop 
poop all over him. And there he is in the middle of that pen. And all of a sudden, the Bible says he comes to himself and he lists, he thinks in his mind, in my father's house, his servants, I'm sure they get plenty to eat. And the Bible says, he says, I'm going to go home to my father's house and tell him I will be a hired servant. So what does he do? He gets his little ragged self up out of that pig pen, dirty and filthy and no shoes, a mess and stinky, not shaved, no haircut, nothing. I'm talking to you. You're listening to me. You're there. Don't you dare change that channel. Don't you dare change this radio. Don't you dare go nowhere. But there you are, you're sitting on the edge of the street, sitting on the edge of the corner. Your mama's crying for you in prayer. Your daddy's weeping for you. And you're broken and you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do? There you are, young, don't you dare. There you are, young lady. You married, you didn't even marry him. You took off with some boy you're not supposed to be with. And now here you are, you're trapped in this relationship that isn't of God anyhow. And all of a sudden, there you are, you're broken and he doesn't treat you're right and you're being abused and you think oh my gosh what am I doing in here and like the prodigal son he said I'm going to go back to my father's house and he gets up and he goes to his father's house he could barely walk he's starving he gets close to the house and my goodness all of a sudden his father's out there he walks out to the edge of the street and he looks Oh, and he puts his hand over his eyes and it, it, trying to keep the glare of the sun. It, it, is, it, is that, that, is that, is that my son? Oh my gosh, that's my son. That's my son. That's my son. And he runs and the father runs and he puts his arm around him and he hugs him and he kisses him. My son, my son, my son. That father had waited day after day after day after day for that prodigal son. And all of a sudden that father goes, bring the sandals and put it on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Bring a robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Do you understand what the father was saying my son is brought back to the kingdom of God back into royalty put the royal sandals on his feet and the royal ring that signet ring that makes him understand that he's a priest before God you are out there in that pig pen you are in that relationship you shouldn't be in you are out there doing those drugs you're putting a needle in your arm you're out there smoking that meth and that cocaine and you know that you know that you know you need to get back to the father's house I'm telling you today in the love of God, get up out of that pig pen and get back to the Father's house. Jesus is calling. A robe is awaiting for you. Sandals are waiting for you. A royal ring is waiting for you. Your Father wants to sing and celebrate over you. How long are you going to stay in that world? How long are you going to stay in that broken relationship? How long are you going to live in fornication? How long are you going to live in the pig pen? Get up. Get out of that pig pen. Come back to the Father. It is time, my dear friend. You see, Jesus will meet you right where you're at, and nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is too hard for Jesus. Can I tell you that Jarius, oh, daughter raised from the dead, David was running in the wilderness, broken and tattered and torn. Nothing is too hard for God. Do you understand me? 
but God doesn't love me. Hogwash. Stop stinking thinking. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 12 says, Or what man is there among you that if his son asks for a bread will give him a stone? Do you understand what he's saying? Stop your stinking thinking about me. If you ask me for anything, I'm going to help you. He said, I'm not going to give you a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? No, of course he's not going to give you a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Do you understand? Your Father loves you. Don't think evil against God. God is faithful. There's a couple keys to your victory. Number one, get up, acknowledge what you did, come to the end of yourself like the prodigal son, and then pray and obey. Do what God says. What is it that you need? God is faithful. There's nothing too hard for God. I love you, and I'm telling you in the grace of God today, God knows right where you're at. He knows right where you're at, and you are not forgotten. I promise you. You need a job, then pray. You need finances, then pray. You need a car, pray. Oh, I don't have very long, but I got to tell you one little teeny story. I have my Jesus truck, right? And I want to preach the gospel to all the world, so I don't spend a lot of money on fancy cars. I don't need to. I don't have anyone to impress. I don't need to impress anybody. I just need to impress Jesus. So I'm, I'm praying. I said, Lord, I really do need a car. You know, all three of us, my my little team here, we once in a while get in the truck. I go, Come on, guys, let's go. Well, it's a Toyota truck with a it's a long bed and a long seat. So three of us squashed in the front room. So one day I said, Oh, Lord, I really do need a little car. Uh, so and then some lady called our prayer mountain and said, I'm older. I need help. I, I got convicted on your television program. I need to move out from my boyfriend. And but I can't do it if I don't get help. And I said, "Okay." Normally we never do this, but I said, "Okay." So I took a couple of us girls. I said, "Let's go help her move." So we went up to Julian to help her move, and we're helping her move. And we get done with all the packing and everything. I mean, she's wanting to get her life right. What a wonderful opportunity! Well, under this junky carpet, I lifted up, and all her her boyfriend at that time was a hoarder, and all this junk was everywhere. And so this carpet, but I saw this little teeny car underneath, and I lifted up that carpet, and I said, "Excuse me, ma'am." I said, "The door was open. Mice had been in it." I said, "Is that a little teeny um, Volvo, uh, uh, like a station wagon?" She goes, "Oh yeah, I don't even use it anymore." I said, "Does it run?" And I said, "Do you want to sell it?" She goes, yeah, "I don't want to sell it. You can have it." I said, "Really?" And she goes, "Yeah." I go, "Does it run?" She goes, "Well, I haven't, I haven't run it in a couple of years, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's so good." So guess what? I called a friend of mine, and he came up with his flatbed, loaded his flatbed. I said, take it to this uh, garage in Poway. He took it to the garage in Poway. I said, change the plugs, empty all the fluids, and call me back. He goes, boy, that's filthy. You want to get rid of it? I said, no, I don't want to sell it. Just do what I asked you, please. So he did all that, came back, and went, started right up, and I've been driving that for six years. (laughs) You see, God knows what you need. So listen, God hasn't forgotten you, I promise. Do me a favor. Come on out to the prayer mountain. Just pray. Talk to God. Talk to him. Tell him what you need. You know, the prayer mountain is set apart for prayer. Touch from above prayer mountain in Ramona, California. It's only 35 minutes from anywhere in San Diego. 
why don't you stop your whining and get up and pray? Because God is faithful to answer your prayer. What did he say? If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Sometimes you got to get away from everybody and everything. Get into one of those little prayer cabins, the Joshua cabin, the Caleb cabin, the Africa cabin, and pray. Get inside of my prayer grotto and pray. Because you know what? Sometimes you just got to get away to pray. Do you know that Jesus went to the mountain to pray? He had to get away to pray. God is faithful. You are not forgotten. Amen? You are important. Pray with me. Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Help me, Lord. I need you so badly. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget to write to me, Dr. Luana, at a touch from above. God loves you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dr. Luana Steins. Have you read her book, A Mother's Story? It's a must-read, a heart-gripping true story, a murdered husband, a single mother, and a fight through cancer. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive her book, A Mother's Story. Send your support to A Touch From Above, P.O. Box 2800, Ramona, California, 92065, or give online at atouchfromabove.org. Join us Sunday at 10 a.m. for a church service up at the Prayer Mountain, 16145 Highway 67, Ramona, California, 92065. We're only 35 minutes from anywhere in San Diego County. And besides, a church alive is worth the drive. Are you distracted? Seems like everything gets in the way. Come to A Touch From Above Prayer Mountain, 25 beautiful acres. Walk up to the cross or relax in a small private cabin to pray. Bring your leaders to pray. At Prayer Mountain, God answers prayer. Even Jesus had to get away to pray. Call today and make your reservation, 760-315-1967. Your answer is just a prayer away. A touchfromabove.org. Like the ravages of a flood, but I call on the name of Jesus.